Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. Good to see everyone here today. Um, man, you know, you're, you're gone for a week. I was still even here last, last week, but it just feels like I've been gone forever. So I'm Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor. Glad to have you all here today. Um, I do have a report that I want to start out with on uh, what we've done with some of our outreach funds. So a, um, a couple of ladies in our church got together and, and talked to, about how difficult it's been for our teachers. So if you're a teacher or you know a teacher uh, here, at least in Elkhart County, uh, you know, are we going to have services in person? Are we not going to have services? What are the classrooms going to look like? And then they said, we're going to, or not services, have classes. Are we going to do classes in person? They said, yes. And then they said, no, you're not. And then like two days later, they said, yes, you are, like tomorrow. So all of that was happening. So our lady said, you know, it would be really nice if we bless the teachers by buying them a gift bag. So they they got together. Um, we used some of our outreach funds. We got them like a $50 gift card to Walmart because you know that teachers are always buying school supplies for the students in their classes. And then we bought them um, stuff for them. So we had some school supplies, but we bought them a coffee cup, some coffee, things like that. And um, uh, even a handwritten thank you note to each one of them. So everyone got a handwritten note. So we re- received um, quite a few thank you emails and phone calls. Uh, even got one from the principal over there. But uh, I-, I wanted to play one of those voicemails and then show you some of the pictures. So check this out. Hi, my name is Brooke Merrill, and I am actually a first grade teacher at Concord Westside. Um, Our counselors just came around and brought us this amazing, wonderful gift uh, from your church, and I wanted to call immediately and thank you. Um, I can't tell you what a blessing it is. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um, It's been a rough couple weeks. Um, I know it has for parents and you know the children as well, but uh, your gift came at just the right time, and I want you to know it is truly um, a blessing, and I'm very thankful for what you guys do for us. So take care, and have a great day. Bye-bye. So thank you guys so much for your generosity. Because of your giving, we're able to set aside 10% of that and give it out into our community and around the world. And uh, it's also really exciting when we can be a blessing. You know what I mean? The church should be a blessing to the community community around us. So I appreciate that. I appreciate all of you. All right, so today we are going to be continuing our summer series through the book of James called Life Hacks. And uh, if you want to, you can turn to uh, James chapter 5, verse, starting with verse 7 is where we will be. Um, but I wanted to give you a couple of life hacks from backpacking, since I did some backpacking uh, this past week. And uh, so when you go backpacking, one of the difficult things to do is to have uh, a nice dessert. And so what we did was we had some Twinkies. And we've got some frozen strawberries, and you mix those together, and you have strawberry shortcake. That's what you have. It's really super nice. Now, um, and it was really good, by the way. A couple of the guys are in here. They're like, yeah, that was really good. Um, But if you're like on Valentine's Day, guys, you just got to cut them just right, and you can have heart-shaped, you know, strawberry shortcake. So there's a little tidbit for you next Valentine's Day. 
just going to the pantry, get some, sorry, babe, I'll probably end up doing that. So we didn't do that on the men's trip. Just so you know, we just <laughs> ate them like that. Didn't cut them in nice little hearts and stuff. Um, another thing, when you're on a, a backpacking trip, it's nice to have pancakes, but you don't want to take like a big bottle of syrup along. It's too heavy and it, it might break or spill or that kind of thing. So one of the things that you can do, this is just a little tidbit, is you take brown sugar along, heat up some hot water, and you mix those together, and that pours over just like syrup. It's really, really good, so take that with you. And then uh, one of the things that we ended up doing on this trip, it wasn't planned, but we had brats uh, the first night, cooked them over the, the fire, and uh, some of us were so hungry, we didn't even bother to get the buns. You know, we just like... just. I was one of them. I just, you just ate the brats. We were so hungry. Um, so we had all these buns left over. And so we're carrying these buns around while we're backpacking. I'm like, what do you do with these? Just throw them to the ducks? I don't know. But Lyndon came up with a really good idea. And he was on our trip. Is that you toast the buns over the grate, over the fire, put some butter on them, put some uh, garlic salt on them. Oh, they were awesome. Weren't they great, Randy? I mean... I mean, yeah, everything tastes better in the woods. I just want to tell you that. You may, you may not try that out at home. It may not have quite the same impact, but it impacted us. So um, so those are some life hacks for you if you're backpacking. Uh, we are going to be jumping into the book of James, which is just full of so much practical advice. Uh, we just called it life hacks. And then the title over this section of scripture in my Bible says patience and suffering. So today's message is life hacks, patience is key. But let me pray, and then I'm going to start with the first two verses, uh, verses 7 and 8. So God, we come to you, and we thank you so much for your scripture. God, we thank you that you inspired James to write all of this down so that we can have a better idea of what's important to you, God. So Lord, I pray that you would give me the words to say today, and that you would give us the ears to hear from your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so I'm going to read the first Two verses of our section, verses 7 and 8. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. We'll stop there for a little bit. We're going to talk about farming. Uh, James is talking about farming, and it was very near and dear to everyone's heart that was in, uh, in that community because farming was uh, very popular. Everyone, a lot of people were farmers during that time. Now, for us, we don't know very many farmers. Uh, we might know a few, but I, I have some friends who are farmers. In fact, I have a friend who recently went into the farming business. And uh, so he went in in the spring. He was part of the plowing. He was part of the planting, part of the irrigation the summer and, and, and getting ready for harvest. Um, but just think about it from a career standpoint. You, you start this career and you don't get paid. I mean, that's just kind of what it is. You don't get paid until when? The, the harvest, right? And so farmers are extremely patient. They, they have this process of, of planting and then they're waiting for rain. They're waiting for sun. They're waiting all the way through. And so when James is describing this to his audience, he's saying, Guys, just like a farmer is patient. Everybody understood. Being in farming takes an incredible amount of patience. But he's specifically talking about Jesus. He's saying, 
Be patient because Jesus is going to return, but we got to have patience. See, Jesus was born, he died, and he went, he rose again, and he went up into heaven, but he said, I will be back. I will be back. Now, Jesus came the first time as a lamb, as a sacrificial lamb. But Jesus is going to return as a lion. He is is not going to be born in a manger the second time around as a little baby. He is going to come back as a triumphant warrior. And and everybody's going to know it. There's going to be a loud shout. There's going to be a loud trumpet call. But Jesus is coming back. And he's saying, hey, in the meantime, we need to be patient. Now, I don't know about you, but it's getting harder to be patient for Jesus to come back. Our world is a mess, right? I mean, there's a lot of things going on, and, and there are times when I'm like, okay, Jesus, are you, are you ready? I mean, it's, it's, it's about time. You know, when I get that phone call, man, it's just this week, I heard about suicide. I heard about somebody getting killed by their roommate. I've heard about pastors who are dropping out of uh, ministry. And this is a messy, messy time. But it's going to get messier. It's going to get harder. And what James is saying is you got to have patience. You got to have patience because when I come back, I'm going to come back with great power and great glory. So why is Jesus holding off? Why is he not coming back? I mean, if I was God, I'd be like, I think the world's messy enough. You know, I mean, and we're not even being persecuted in the United States yet. I mean, over in China, over in Iran, people are being killed and tortured for their faith. And if I was God, I'd be like, all right, I think we've had enough. Let's go ahead, Jesus, get on that white horse. Let's go. Let's go take care of this. Let's clean things up. But he's not coming back yet. And there's a reason for it. I want to read this section of Scripture because I think it's really important to understand. It's in 2 Peter 3, verses 3-10. through 10. It says, Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, Where is this coming? He promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also, the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. There's He's he's talking about the great flood and and Noah's ark. Verse 7, by the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. So there's going to be a reckoning. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. See, Jesus is coming back and he's going to clean things up, but he's holding off. He's holding off because he wants more of our friends, our family, our co-workers to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. 
That's why he's waiting. And I would say that's probably the only reason he's waiting. Because our world needs to be cleaned up. There's no doubt about it. But that's our opportunity as well. That's our opportunity is to do good during this time. Galatians 6, 9, and 10 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So we need to have patience, because Jesus is coming back. He will return, like He said He would. But in the meantime, our job is to be patient and to do good. To share the gospel. There is, man, there are millions, probably say billions of people now on our planet that do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And God is hanging on to hope and holding off on sending Jesus back just so that one more, one more will come to know Jesus as the Lord and Savior. So here's our first life hack. We need to patiently wait with purpose. We need to patiently wait with purpose. We need to do good. We need to share the gospel. We need to tell people about Jesus. Explain why we have hope in the midst of this. And as we do that, if you find yourself this week struggling, you know, and saying, oh, Lord, it's time for you to come back. Do something good for somebody. Just do anything. Do something good, and it will lighten your mood, guaranteed. All right, I'm going to read the next verse. Verse 9 says, Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. So this, this verse is pretty convicting to me. I, and I focus on the word grumble. I wanted to look that up. It's this Greek word that is pronounced something like stenazo. It says to, to sigh, to murmur, to pray inaudibly with grief, to groan, grudge. So if you think about it, this, this word grumble means uh, to not complain. To not complain. Under your breath, to sigh. <sighs> Anyone done this recently? I have. I'm, I'm guilty. I was, again, we were on this backpacking trip. And, and uh, I usually go up to Canada. So, but they, the Canadians and the Americans have closed the border. So I complained a lot about that for a while. Um, a lot of grumbling there. But, but usually I go up there, and I, I, know, I know the campsites, I know the, the trails, all of that up there. But this time we had to, couldn't go there, so we went up to the Bounty Waters in northern Minnesota. And uh, very much the same kind of deal. You know, you're backpacking, you're canoeing, and you have trails and stuff. And it was really beautiful country. But one of the things that they do different up there is they don't put up any signs anywhere. In Canada, there's a big orange sign everywhere. There's a campsite so you know where they're at. And then there's a big yellow sign at the trailhead um, of every trail. And so when you're paddling across the lake, you can kind of see, okay, there's the campsites. There's the trailheads. And, uh, but in Minnesota, they don't do that because they don't want to... I don't know, dirty up the, the environment, you know, with showing that. But what happens as a leader is you don't know where you're going. 
And it's kind of frustrating. You have a map which says there should be a trailhead there, but you don't know where that trailhead is until you've paddled all the way across that lake and then kind of gone up and down the shore until you find it. And so that whole time, I'm, I'm getting frustrated, you know, because I'm a leader. I'm supposed to know where I'm going. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm a little upset. You, you know who I'm grumbling about? I'm grumbling about the Minnesota DNR tree lovers. That's who I'm grumbling about. It's not that big a deal just to put a little sign up there. It would help everybody to have a good time and enjoy this. And it wasn't completely under my breath. It was just, <laughs> whoever was my canoe partner for the day got to hear my grumbling. So it's easy to do, but God says don't do it. He says don't grumble. How about you? Have you ever like hit your thumb, you know, with a hammer and all of a sudden the hammer becomes stupid? Yeah, stupid hammer, you know? <laughs> or you knock over your cup of coffee, and it's a stupid cup of coffee. I don't know. That's what I do. Um, or how about if somebody pulls out in front of you? Do you all of a sudden become a driving instructor and start verbalizing how they should be driving? You realize they can't hear you, right? I mean, that's, that's just grumbling. That's grumbling. We shouldn't do that. That's not what God wants from us. So that's our second life hack. Short verse, but it's just simply, grumbling isn't godly. Some of you needed to hear that today because you're really good at holding your tongue. You know, you won't, you won't actually complain to somebody, um, but there's a lot going on under your breath. There's a lot going on in your heart. And, and God just wants to say, hey, I'm, I'm watching your heart. I'm watching your heart. Not just what you're saying. I'm watching your heart. All right, let's move on to the next couple of verses. That one's too convicting. So, <laughs> all right, verse 10. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. All right, so this, in this section... This is where he's really talking about having patience again without grumbling in the midst of trial. In the midst of trial. You guys realize that we have been in this whole epidemic thing for six months now, almost six months. Isn't that crazy to think about? And it doesn't look like it's going to end tomorrow. So we are in a trial. You know, it's, it's, it varies and it changes and affects different people differently. But we've all been impacted by this. And so James is saying, we need to have the patience of Job. Well, let's remind ourselves of the story of Job. Because Job was incredibly patient in the midst of trial. So if you want to read the whole book, it's in the Old Testament. You can go back there and, and read the whole story. But to summarize, so what happens is that God and Satan are having a conversation about Job. I don't know how this all works out, but they're having a conversation. And God says to Satan, hey, look at my servant Job. Isn't he super cool? Isn't he righteous? Doesn't do anything wrong. And Satan says, well, it's just because you blessed him. That's why. But if you take that all away, he'll curse you like anyone else would. God goes, oh, okay, go ahead. Take that away from him. We'll see. And so... 
Job gets attacked by Satan and on a single day, a messenger comes up to him and says, hey, all of your oxen and donkeys have been stolen by raiders and all your servants have been killed and I'm the only one who has survived. And then while he's still talking, another servant comes up to him and says, hey, all of your sheep were out in the field with all your servants and fire rained down from heaven and killed them all and I'm the only one to survive. And while he's still talking, another servant runs up to him and says, hey, all of your camels have been taken by a raiding party. They've killed all of your servants. I'm the only one who has survived. I mean, this is all of Job's material wealth. It's just taken in a day. And if that's not enough, another servant runs up to him and says, hey, I don't want to tell you this, but your kids were all having a party together and a wind came in and it blew the house down and it killed them all. And I just ran here to tell you about it. All of his possessions and even his children are taken from him in a day. That's a trial. That's a trial. But I want to read Job's response. Job 1, verse 20, he says, At this Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. He didn't grumble. He had patience. Well, God says to Satan, see, that's my servant Job. He says, well, let me, let me go after him personally. Let me go after his health. We'll see if he'll still praise you. And God gives Satan permission. I, again, I don't understand how this all works, but he gave Satan permission. And the next thing you know, Job is covered from the top of his head to the soles of his feet with these painful sores. Painful, we would probably call them boils now, but just open, seeping wounds across his whole body. And then his wife comes up to him and says, why don't you just curse God and die? So he's lost support in his marriage as well. And this is Job's response. He replied, you are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? And all this, Job did not sin in what he said. Job remained patient in suffering. Now James says, we are to be patient like Job. And the fact that Job was rewarded at the end of it all. Let me read that. Job chapter 42, verse 10. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. All his brothers and sisters and everyone who had known him before came and ate with him in his house. They comforted and consoled him over the trouble the Lord had brought on him. And each one gave him a piece of silver and a gold ring. The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 donkeys. And he also had seven sons and three daughters. So when we are patient in the midst of trial, James is saying, you will be rewarded. God is compassionate. He will reward you. But we need to be patient in our trials. I don't think any of us has suffered to the extent that Job has suffered. But Job is an example of how we are supposed to stay patient in suffering. So here's a question for us to consider. 
when it comes to being patient during this crisis, how am I doing? Ask yourself that question. How am I doing? Are you keeping a tight rein on your tongue? Are you having joy in the midst of trial? Are you accusing God? And guys, I know with all of this negativity, it's difficult. When we were in the wilderness for a week, it was a lot easier to have patience. It was a lot easier to praise God when I didn't get that constant flow of negativity from our culture. Because, let's face it, we're all under trial. Generally speaking, there's a lot of people that aren't doing very good through it. And they're willing to tell you about it. They're going to post it all over social media. So I've had friends who have uh, unfriended individuals or hid you know, toxic posters. Uh, I've had people who have stopped watching the news or reading the news feeds. Uh, I've even had friends who have just taken social media completely off of their, their devices, off their phone. Because it's not helping. It's really not helping. If we need to have the patience of Job, having that constant flow of negativity into our lives can make it a hindrance. can be a, make it really difficult. So here's your life hack in the midst of all of this. Limiting our negative inputs will help us to have a positive outlook. And I'd encourage you guys this next week, if you're struggling with having a positive attitude and during the trials, man, shut down your social media. Shut down your watching the news or reading the news. Take a, uh, a one-week social media fast. It was really nice when we were in the wilderness to do that. Okay, I'm going to read the last verse for today, and this one is just totally different and off-topic, but we're going to read it and make a couple comments, and then we'll be done. Verse 12 says, Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no, otherwise you will be condemned. So the background on this is simply that in the Old Testament, they didn't have a lot of written contracts. And so um, they would swear. Like if they were going to sell land for a price or whatever, they would say, I'll, I swear by the altar or by the offering on the altar or by the gold of the temple or by heaven or by earth. They would, they would swear and somehow in the swearing that made it like, like no, I'm going to keep my word. And James is just simply saying, don't do that. Just keep your word. And in today's society, what do we do? We say things like, no, no, I promise. I'll do that for you. No, I will. I will this time. And we only need to say that if we're, if we're not keeping our word, right? So James is just saying, simply saying, guys, if you're going to tell somebody that you, you're going to do something, then you do it. You know, let's just be people of our word. So that's just your last short life hack. We need to let our yes be yes and our no be no. But I'll invite Matt to come up here and close us out in prayer. So patience. 
don't know about you, but in this in this time in this season that we're in with this this COVID stuff, I have felt like I have been patient. I guess for me, like when it first started in what March, I thought you know like I'll be patient, okay. And then come June when school's out, I'll, things will be back to normal. And obviously, we're now we're in the first part of September and things aren't back to normal. But I felt like well, I've been I've been patient. I've been like, but I don't know if this is the right term for it. But the patience becomes like boring in that. And so what I want to pray for today, and it, and it kind of goes through um, all of Clint's points, but the first point when he said we need to um, be patient with a purpose. And so that was, that's for me in the last, you know, I started off not so rough, but I, over the summer, I've just kind of told myself, because I, I started to do the things like in point two, I started to grumble. I started, my inputs were not very good, you know, they would, they would, my inputs would come in and, and I'd start getting this negative attitude. And so then I started to put a purpose with this. And don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not perfect at it right now, but I put a purpose with that. So I, I read my Bible every day, but in the, I've started to read more of the like Christian self-help books. And that's really helped me. That's put a purpose with this. I don't have to worry about all of the, the negativity and all those inputs that Clint talked about on social media, I've just said, you know what? I'm going to focus on Jesus instead of focusing on all this negative. And it's helped me. It's because I have a purpose with my patience. And so that's what I want to pray. If that's you, if, you're, if you need a purpose with your patience, and it could be something like, maybe it's the, my purpose is reading my Bible every day. Or maybe it's I'm reading things that are, some devotionals or something that are outside of my Bible. Maybe it's my purpose is serving more. But, you, but you're, you're waiting patiently, but you're like, you're getting frustrated because you don't have that purpose. And so if that's you, I would ask that you stand and we're gonna pray that, that God will, will kind of download a purpose for you in this season. So is that anybody in the room that they, they, want, a, they want a purpose with their patience? again, I think that purpose, when we get that purpose, it'll block away some things. It'll keep us from doing what Clint talked about. Keep us from grumbling. It'll keep us from bringing in some negative inputs. Thanks for standing. Is that anyone else? Okay, so there's a few of us around the room. If you would, just kind of point your hands to them. I will pray um, for them. But God, we just... We come to you and we we thank you for, for giving us the patience, especially those standing, God. But God, the, they're standing saying, I need a purpose. I need something to get me through this time. And so God, I pray for that on them now. I pray that you give them a purpose, give them a vision, give them a word. will put that purpose. Give them a mission, God, during this time. 
a mission that they can that they can use to honor you, that they can use to move your kingdom forward in this time. So again, God, we thank you. We thank you for them being patient and waiting on you because we know it's in your time. But just download to them. Give them a vision the next coming days or weeks that that this is what I am going to do to get me through this. Thank you so much for them. Thank you for, for wanting to work in their lives, God. We trust that you'll work. the rest of you stand and I'll I'll close this out in prayer. So God, we do. We come to you this morning and we say thank you for your word. Thank you for really I'll say the convicting word of James. Thank you for speaking to us this morning. And God, we just we ask that you keep speaking to us, not only throughout the next coming days and weeks, but but just continue to speak to us. Thank you for this time this morning, and thank you for for using Clint to give us your word. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, thank you guys so much for coming today. If you have any other prayer requests, we do have a prayer team. If you stay seated, they will come to you. Uh, But other than that, we will see you guys next week. Thanks. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.